Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Welcome to Gridiron Blitz, 443 in the house. Oscar Lopez will be followed here in a moment uh, with the uh, salty one, Mackenzie Brooks. And then we should have our interview today, FX Mexico uh, founder and president, Michelle Rubio Sosa, in the house. We're also going to be talking XFL Week 9. We're going to dive in second hour with uh, Mark Simone, diving into the Week 3 recap of the WNFC. We're going to go into Week 4 preview of the WNFC, and then we're going to dive into the Women's Football Alliance Pro Division Week 1, the key matchups in the Pro Division that came up uh, for this weekend on uh, the Women's Sports Network. And uh, so we're going to dive into Minnesota, uh, um, Minnesota, uh, I believe it's Minnesota-St. Louis. Then uh, the games of the week are going to be Pittsburgh, D.C., Nevada, Mile High. So thanks for tuning in. Having some uh, switchboard issues here, trying to get Mackenzie on the line here for a little bit. Uh, but other than that, uh, we're good, and we're getting ready to go here. Um, so we're going to dive into uh, a lot of the women's football action in the um, second hour at this point. So we're going to dive into um, the XFL, and my Internet keeps bouncing off for some reason. Don't know why my switchboard's not coming up, but uh, let's uh, get that going here. Let's do that here. Give me a second, guys, to dive in. So uh, we're going to be talking XFL playoffs as well as we're going to be talking, like I said, WFA, WNFC, um, heading there, and going there. Let's see here. We've got everything going here. Just I can't get the switchboard here, so trying to get Mackenzie on here for some reason. Um, let's see her radio. All right. Uh, let me just go on my phone here and we'll get started. What went on there as well? Let's see here. Mackenzie. Let's see her. So there we go. Mackenzie, see if she can come on. Otherwise, I'm going solo. Today has been a challenge of challenges for me in terms of um, the Internet. I think it's because I'm over in California, and this thing is just crazy. We've got winds and everything else that's going on back here. Um, so crazy, crazy, crazy. Let's see here. We're going to go back in there, connect, set. So we're going to dive into um, XFL here in a little bit here. Be one second here. Trying to connect to the switchboard to bring in McKenzie in here. Uh, but uh, we should be uh, diving into a, an exciting week three in the second hour. We had Mississippi versus Washington. That was really awesome to see. Um, we also had um, the big test, Denver, Seattle, big finish. Unfortunately, there was nothing uh, – um, it wasn't on the W score, 
as far as far as I knew, as far as I know, it wasn't on the W score. So um, they were supposed to re re upload it if if anything, and uh, it wasn't happening. So um, I, I guess you get to a stage where um, the game. I think the Wi-Fi failed over in Denver against Seattle, and um, so they were supposed to replay it. But um, uh, we did share a one of the touchdowns that was done over in uh, Denver. Uh, one of the fans did have a touchdown. Uh, one of the touchdowns that was by Grace Cooper. And so that was pretty cool. And so um, it was awesome to see that. Uh, Grace Cooper, uh, obviously one of the additions of the Denver Bandits, gave them the 12-0 to victory over Seattle. Um, but uh, let me just get here. All right. And I do apologize because we are having like just technical problems there. I don't know what is going on today. It was just not cool. And I think it's the servers, primarily the servers. I don't know what's going on with the servers. And, you know, it's the servers. That doesn't help me. Doesn't help me at all. Okay. All right. So we're just going to go into it. Um, and I'm hope I can get a show on here because this is not going to be good. Try to get Block Talk Radio on here as well. So let's figure that out here in a second. And I don't see why it's giving me this these problemos. All right, and so let's go into here. Let's go. All right, guys, I do apologize for our situation here that we're having with the switchboard. And I hope it's going to get resolved here soon. Um, Again, I need to bring in Mackenzie in here, so I'm going to have to figure out a way to put her on here as well uh, and then bring in a shell in here as well. So this seems so strange. I had the switchboard on, and then all of a sudden it just disconnected for some reason. All right. Uh, week 9 in the XFL set up uh, some drama for the final regular season weekend as uh, Week 10 will include multiple games uh, with teams fighting for the final two spots. The Seattle Sea Dragons kept their playoff hopes alive in Week 9 by defeating the Battlehawks, while Arlington came up with a short um, short situation here. Okay, let's figure this out here. All right. I'm going to see if I can get onto the switchboard here. I'm having... All right, let me uh some technical difficulties. All right. Let me see here. All right. So I got to just let Mackenzie know that we're having some issues here. Uh and this is just not good. All right. Not what you want to see when you're live and things are happening and this is not what I wanted to see here today. So I just uh this is not what Mother Nature always comes up with for us, so this is weird, very, very weird. All right, all right. I'm gonna just go dive into this. Let's see if I can get in here. We got to get into it here. Let's see here. All right. Just a frustrating situation today. I do apologize to everybody listening. Normally, this is not what we what we do and this is uh very very bad because it's somehow my internet's 
down completely, and my switchboard's not coming up. So let's just figure this out. Let's go here. All right. So we're going to go a different route. So bear with me, folks. Bear with me as I get into bringing on the switchboard here for a second. Um, and then I will try to get Mackenzie on. And then we got to get Michelle on. So this is not working very well. And so let's see what we got here going on here. It's like we're on, but we're not on for some reason. This is just, uh, let's see here. So we're going to do the good old restart as we do with anything else in life. Restart the, we'll restart this terminal here. Um, so let's uh, figure this out. XFL week nine playoffs going to be interesting. Um, we have the, uh, let me bring this up one more time here. And so, all right, let's see here. Get that going. And so, yep, there we go. Perfect. We have life. Finally, we have life. And let's see if we can get ourselves back in some some semblance of or normalcy here for the for the extravaganza for the next two hours. Um, and we do it live. Unfortunately, it's not pre-recorded, so that's why we, you know, we take care of business here. But uh, sometimes even live, there's issues that come up. So we got to take our time here in a second here. And go from there, but uh, did not anticipate all this disaster to happen while we go live. It always happens, right? It's like uh, Murphy's Law. So if anything can happen, it'll happen on your worst-case scenario, which is a, when the situation doesn't merit <laughs> the situation. Um, but uh, this is what it's all about. Um, so let me talk about uh, some of the action that happened overseas while we're trying to get our switchboard back over. So in Spain... Very exciting uh, weekend in Spain. That was the LNFF Femenina. Uh, that was an exciting uh, final that happened. LNFF Femenina in uh, Spain. Let's see here. Um, let's see. All right. Uh, come on. Talk radio. There we go. Um, it was 44, 44 to 14. Uh, an exciting game there. It was uh, La, the La Rosa's Demons beating Barbera rookies. Uh, Olga Sotilo was the beneficiary of the um, beneficiary of the um, uh, scoring. It was three touchdowns and two. And I'm still having difficulties here getting this. Oh my God, this is not working. All right, um, bear with me for a second here. I got it. Oh, I've got to maneuver stuff here. This is not the way that I wanted to do this show today. This is not the way that I wanted to hang out and do the show today. This is just not working for me here today. This is not working at all. All right. And I had it on there this morning. And it's not happening today. Great. All right. I don't know if you guys have converted your uh, computer into the Yahoo mentality, but Yahoo sometimes the server is just a pain in the rear 
And that right there is just not cool, not cool at all. And it's been happening lately. And I had Chrome, and Chrome was just a, just a mess too. Um, so, yeah, not working, not working at all. So let's see here. Um, let's see if I can get in there. Let's see if I can get in there. All right. All right, so coming up here, let's see here. And I'm just like, this is so frustrating. Yeah, switchboard. Let me just tell Mackenzie what's going on here because she's like, why am I not on? Here we go, switchboard issues. And I need to get into it. All right, let's see here. Why is it not allowing me to go here? It's just not cool. All right. So uh, we might have to go a different route. So, um, all right, I'm going to be some silence. I will be right back in a second. All right, guys, I'm back. Sorry about the silence there. Uh, let me see if I can get them on here for a second. And let's see your switchboard. One second. I don't know what's going on with this internet today. This is just this is just bizarre. Bizarre. I cannot log on. I was logged on earlier and now I cannot log on at all. Not happening. All right. Let's see here. Trying to get on here. I don't know if everybody, anybody's having these same problems that I am, but I am not able to log on completely onto anything at my search on my search bar. This is just not working. All right, let's get this going here. Let's see if I can try a different way here. All right, let's try that. Let's see here. See if I can log on here. Take a second here. So like I said earlier, I do apologize for everybody for waiting. Uh, I do apologize, obviously, for the issues that we're having. This is not what we wanted to do at this point. And... Um, it's just very frustrating that it's happened uh, actually when I'm live. It wasn't happening earlier. This is not what I wanted to do today. Uh, it's just so, so not cool at all. And so this is just not what we wanted. Not what we wanted to do. So I don't know if there's something going on with the DSNs because as far as I'm concerned, I'm live, I'm on. I just don't know why it's not allowing me to go on. This is just crazy. This is this is crazy. This is crazy. I don't know what's going on. Okay. All right. 
this is just not what I wanted today. Let's try this again. Let's see if it goes on. If not, uh, we are going to have to uh, reschedule this whole thing and and redo this whole thing. We have to apologize to some people and everything in between, as as we always, as it happens. So this is not. Uh, I think it has to do with the server, either on the other side, which is our main server with our Blockhawk server. Um, that's what I'm. My only concern here is uh, I'm on the switchboard. I was able to get on the switchboard. And now the computer won't allow me to view the switchboard, which is crazy. Very, very crazy. All right. Uh, I will have to um, contact Shell right now because she's probably on the line going, where is my interview? And so let's see here. We'll go from there. Let's see. Uh, let's find out if I can get on there. Oh, let's see here. Yep. All right, there you go. Internet. It's either somebody screwed up with Google and something's going on because I have no idea why my switchboard was not working earlier. So let's see if I can get it on here. It looks like it's back on. So that's yes. See if it's on here. Just give me a second here. See if it's on. Here we go. Studio. Okay. Give me one second. Looks like we probably resolved it. Um, that's what happens when you're in tech. Here we go. It's loading. All right, guys. So I do apologize for all this. It's just not working. All right. All right, to right, to right, to right. Fairs are all connected. This is just crazy. So it should be coming up here in a second, and then we will get started with the interviews. Hopefully it will allow us to go through the whole two-hour show, uh, and then we'll get ready for the extravaganza as in, as we normally do. So uh, once again, I do apologize, internet issues, uh, server issues, just about everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. So um, I'm gonna just see see what we can do here to rectify this whole situation here at this point. Um, so we're still waiting for the upload on the servers to upload here. And it's working, but it's just not allowing me to get in there. There we go. Let's see here. It's crazy. All right. All right. Let's see if I can get in there. It's not landing. Okay. All right. This is just not good. All right. So we're going to have to figure it out here in a second and go from there.
I don't mean to get in there. The worst case scenario has happened here for us. So I was excited to talk to Achelle also and get her thoughts on the scene in Mexico. And it looks like I'm not going to be able to do that today. This is how this happens when you're live and doesn't happen when you're booking up and setting things up is just beyond me right now. Just beyond me right now. So, yeah. This is just uh, not cool at all. This is just not good, right? What a waste of a day planning all this stuff out. Right? Here we go. All right, uh, Mackenzie. Obviously, I already explained to her we're not on. Um, she should be able to take care of that in a second here. And then, uh, Michelle, I did send a message to her. So hopefully we can get Mark on. If I can get Mark on to save the day, uh, that would be awesome. But it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So uh, we'll go from there uh, 23 minutes into it, and we still can't get ourselves logged into it. So uh, I don't know if this has to do with the servers or it has to do with the Internet service. I don't know if it's Google. I have no idea what's going on here. Uh, this has never happened to me before. I'm able to just kind of restart something and, and take care of it that way, and now it is not happening. So, yeah, probably not the not the best, not the most comforting thing that I wanted to do today. Uh, this is not what I anticipated would happen. This is totally out of the blue, <laughs> me babbling on the radio for a couple minutes and um, resetting this whole situation part. All right. So, yeah. I have no idea what's going on. Very, very crazy. All right. Let's see if I can get onto the studio on my phone. Not letting me do either or. Here we are, and let's see if it'll let me get in there now. There we go. See if I can get in there now. All right. See if it comes up. See what we can do here. But it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. All right, here we go. All right. For some reason, I can't get onto Blockbox uh, Studio Board. So, without the Studio Board, I can't manage the uh, situation. So, we're going to delete this episode. So, I apologize for everybody that was tuning in, expecting us to, you know, give you the recaps and everything else. Um, just I've tried everything I could. I figured I can get it taken care of within a couple minutes and and do that. And it has not happened at this point. I'm trying everything I can. I've tried a tablet. I've tried my phone. Um, so two more minutes here. If it doesn't happen, then we're going to just cut it off and 
reset and reschedule for another day. As we all have bad games, like in football, this is one of the days where we're fumbling, and we got too many uh, too many errors and penalties going on here, and this is uh, not happening greatly. So I'm going to see if I can get it taken care of here um, via the phone as well. If it will allow me to do it, uh, let me double check here. And I know I'm live, so I, I that I do know. I know everybody's listening to me. If you're listening to us, so I'm just trying to figure it out right now. And so um, this is one of the things that happens sometimes when you're live. Uh, a lot of weird things don't go the way you that you plan them to. So, so I'm, I'm assuming that's the case at this point. So let's see if I can get at least. Let's see if I can get at least Mark on, because Mark should be coming on here in a couple minutes. Let's see if we can get Mark on at this point. So give me the studio. Awesome. See what happens there. I have no idea what happened here with the uh, computer. It's allowing me, doesn't allow me to go anywhere for some reason. So, yeah. So we'll see right now. See what happens here in a second. There we go. So I'm trying to get um, the server, trying to get the server on there, trying to get the switchboard to come up so that I could try to get Mark on the phone here so we can dive into a lot of the things that we're going to supposed to dive into. But it's not happening. All right, here we go. Stay on hold for a second. It's not happening. Hmm. No idea what this is going on here. No idea what's going on. Come on. All right. Come on. All right, uh, Mark. If I know you're on hold, so if you're listening to me, I'm going to try to get the uh, the switchboard to come back up. And if it doesn't happen, then we're going to call it quits, and then we are going to go and redo the episode for another time, and we'll recap everything next week in terms of week three and then week four, and try to do the recap there. But uh, I don't know what's going on here, but it's not allowing me to do that. See if it comes up. Let's find out here in a second. Give me a second here. Here we are. All right. So I finally got it on my phone. So I have no idea what my laptop's doing here. So let's do this. Okay. Uh, Mark's here. Uh, you're on hold. All right. There we go. We're going to have a chill on there, and then see if a chill's on there. So uh, let's see here. And then I'll put everybody else on. Michelle, estás en la línea? Vamos a ver si, let me see if she's on there. Michelle, ¿estás en la línea? Sí, 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 aquí estoy. ¿Me escuchas? No, oh, perdona, Michelle. Tenemos este, problemas técnicos con el internet. Nos falló. Y, sí. Pero a, 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 estamos este, a, a, a viendo ahorita la situación. No sé si querías hacer reschedule en la entrevista. Yo sé que tenemos tiempo a, a, 
15 minutos, hace como 10 minutos anterior, o so está, está en ti si quieres a, hacer reschedule a otro tiempo. Eh, ¿Quieres que te marque en algún otro horario o quieres algún otro día? No sé, lo que te acomode un poquito más. No, es, si, si quieres quedarte en la línea está bien, es por eso que te estoy preguntando, porque afortunadamente, perdona, tenemos los técnicos, pero si quieres podemos hacer la entrevista ahorita, si quieres, si tienes ah, tiempo. perfecto, si quieres, adelante. ¿Cómo cuánto tiempo okay, duraría nada más para, para ah, organizar mis tiempos? Ah, perfecto, adelante. Ya, yeah. ah, so gracias, uh, gracias por el tiempo. Uh, esperando este, que esté todo bien. Uh, este, quería traerte para nomás a, a hacer entrevista a ver el estado de la FS, FFX uh, México uh, de 2024, porque ya sabemos que el 20, uh, hoy este año no, no participaron, pero ¿qué, es, ¿qué van a ser los planes para el siguiente año? pues Hola, bueno, pues mira, principalmente la idea es reestructurarnos y, y conseguir nuevamente la, el ímpetu que traíamos. ¿Y cómo lo vamos a hacer? Eh, la intención es estar trabajando este año en convenios con equipos internacionales y poderles ofrecer a nuestras jugadoras pues esas experiencias internacionales. Más allá de eh, lo, que ya están, el, el, lo que ya están logrando nuestras jugadoras de jugar en en algunos equipos semiprofesionales en Estados Unidos, en estas grandes ligas, lo que nos gustaría es realmente traer a los equipos, eh, tanto estadounidenses, europeos, este, inclusive australianos, a nuestro maravilloso país en, en algunos de los lugares más paradisíacos que hay, no hablando de, podría ser Mérida, podría ser Cancún, podría ser Oaxaca, que son convenios que estamos también trabajando con estos grandes estados para poder hacer torneos de talla internacional con nuestras jugadoras y con este roce internacional con, con otras. Pues básicamente sería ese el gran proyecto, sin embargo, pues también nos tenemos que reestructurar en nuestros en nuestros interiores para dar ese crecimiento a las jugadoras desde las categorías este juveniles, las, inclusive por ahí hay un proyectito de infantiles y poder generar nuevas eh, pues camadas de jugadoras exitosas y, y hambrientas de este deporte. Y Shell, este, ha sido muchos cambios en el deporte eh, femenil en México, uh, ligas, um, you know, o sea, la, está la FA, está la Expa, hay diferentes, uh -huh. este, you know, prove, uh, este, estados que ya empezaron, este, con cierto equipo, uh, las ligas sí. no están, no están conviviendo, uh, a lo que yo me uh, he tenido conversaciones con, este, Manuel Ceja, conversaciones con la FA, nadie está conviviendo en la forma de para crecer el, crecer el, el, uh, el deporte femenil, pero como tú era, tú eres, uh, you know, tu liga era la principal cuando se formó todo esto femenil en el primer mundial que fueron, uh, ha habido diferentes situaciones con el con ese estado del mundial también por organizando know, organizaciones uh, entre la federación de que no se organizó los, you know, los viajes y todos estos todo el dilema que ha pasado pues, pero este, ¿En qué estado está el, el, el deporte, tú piensas, aparte de lo de tu liga? Eh, hay hay muchas muchas ligas ya, que lo que estaba anterior era no, una. Sí, mira, realmente ha crecido muchísimo, ¿no? Nosotros, como tú bien lo dices, fuimos la liga pionera, y por muchos años, pues, solamente éramos nosotros. Posteriormente apareció AFE, que se convirtió en, en IFA, y bueno, después entró, entró el juego Lexa, 
pero esto es en zona metropolitana de, 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 de México, pero al el interior de la República pues se fueron creando más ligas. Actualmente yo conozco que hay más de 45 ligas femeniles en todo México y eso pues le da habla de una gran proyección en cuanto al fútbol americano este femenil. Sin embargo, pues se sigue jugando el mejor nivel de fútbol americano, se sigue teniendo aquí en Ciudad de México y eso nada más por la experiencia que tienen porque llevan 16 años este de ventaja en cuanto a en cuanto a otros estados sin embargo en los otros estados están creciendo muy muy rápido por ejemplo es el caso de, de Monterrey de Durango de Saltillo este que que tienen chicas de muchísimo talento qué es lo que sucedió desafortunadamente con lo del lo del mundial el en el primer mundial tuvimos una como un una, una situación muy muy icónica, ¿no? Sale el primer mundial y se genera un super boom, mismo que hace que justamente todos los estados despierten y empiecen a, a generar estas ligas, las chicas se interesen en el fútbol americano, y bueno, y este mismo pues creció de manera exponencial, eso fue en 2017. En 2022, desafortunadamente, pues sucedió una serie de inconvenientes en donde pues las chicas pues se les complicó mucho la participación en este en este mundial de Finlandia y lo que provocó pues fue un, un retroceso entonces ese boom que nosotros esperábamos como ligas y ese entusiasmo y esa hambre por jugar el fútbol americano pues se convirtió en un para qué lo hago si si si, si no procede no y las chicas uh -huh. muchas chicas tanto seleccionadas como no seleccionadas o con con el el sueño en en mira pues se desanimaron mucho. Este año, eh, el, el que nosotros como liga hayamos dado un paso hacia atrás por primera vez en 16 años, es, fue por la demanda de jugadoras. De tener una demanda de 2.000 jugadoras en zona metropolitana, pues estamos teniendo 500, 300, 500 jugadoras repartidas en tres ligas, luego salió otra. Entonces realmente es much, son fueron muchas chicas las que decidieron ya no jugar porque vieron que no hay una proyección y pues bueno, tú sabes, ¿no? Aquí en, eh, en México pues la, la cultura deportiva es diferente, ¿no? Son jugadoras que se enfrentan a estudiar, a trabajar, a ser este, mamás, a, a ser profesionistas y el deporte pues viene siendo una actividad secundaria que no les no les rinde un, un, una proyección o, un, o, o, o una cuestión económica y tienen que priorizar su, en sus vidas. Es decir, bueno, si yo voy a sacrificar tanto de, de, de mi vida profesional, académica, familiar, es porque yo espero ser una jugadora de selección nacional. Pero si no tengo esa, esa posibilidad palpable, pues ¿para qué me esfuerzo? Y desafortunadamente pues tuvimos un retroceso, pues tan grande como fue el boom de, de 2017 al, al crecer, pues ahora el retroceso es pues prácticamente de, de, la, de la misma magnitud o mayor, ¿no? Porque hay chicas que ya no están interesadas en seguir y hay otras que ni siquiera quieren intentarlo, ¿no? Entonces el trabajo de nosotros como liga es, es ofrecerles esas experiencias internacionales, por eso es como la pregunta que con la que tú iniciaste. ¿Qué les podemos dar a las chicas? ¿Cómo les podemos generar esa hambre de que realmente quieran y se vean como como orgullosas portadoras de su de, de su país este que puedan llevar este deporte que aman pues a otros lados no siempre nos ha tocado viajar no pues fuimos a Canadá hemos ido hemos ido a Estados Unidos hemos ido a este ahora a Finlandia con muchas dificultades 
pero no hemos tenido la oportunidad de demostrar la belleza de nuestro país y también la, la fuerza y el poder de, de nosotros como jugadores, ¿no? O, o formadores, formadores de jugadoras, ¿no? Entonces, pues yo creo que es eso, ¿no? Volver a abrir esa brecha o, o esa, ese apetito por nuestras jugadoras donde sientan que es, que es, es palpable poder representar a su país y que todo ese sacrificio que van a hacer, pues tiene una, una gran recompensa, ¿no? Se supone y no 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 es no ayuda que la federación no está eh, organizada a un punto de que you know, eh, se va a elevar algo de como dices tú a, a aspirar a llegar a ese a, a un mundial verdad poner todo ese tiempo para llegar a un mundial y de repente y you no know, ni eso se hace bien entonces es es ya yeah, es, es una situación más peor de lo que estaba anterior yo digo en mi en mi uh, ojos porque cuando empezaste tú, todo era positivo y tenemos un trayecto, una liga nacional a una liga nacional. Ahora tenemos tres ligas, ¿verdad?, con diferentes allendas para a, a, a llevar este, la, a ciertas chicas, pues. So, la selección como de la, de, de la federación es más complicada porque si no están unados todas las ligas, entonces complica más, más cosas, pues. Sí, claro. De, de hecho, es pues mira, tú lo dijiste, el, el que nosotros no, no sepamos trabajar en conjunto, se nos se nos pierde el foco ¿no? de que nosotros trabajamos por ellas y para ellas. La idea es llevar a nuestras jugadoras a una proyección pues importante, tanto física, deportivamente y hasta nacionalmente. Aquí en México, yo creo que en todas las partes del mundo, no no es por demeritar a mi, a mi país hermoso, pues trabajamos cada quien para su lado, ¿no? Y tenemos que aprender uh -huh. a trabajar como lo, lo que nosotros este, pregonamos en nuestros equipos, ¿no? Que pues, hay que trabajar todos juntos para llevar el balón hacia, hacia la anotación. Pues yo creo que eso es extra también fútbol, ¿no? En la parte administrativa necesitamos aprender a trabajar. Anteriormente, pues teníamos un presidente de federación, pues mucho más... Eh, pues no sé, eh, con, con otra formación en la que nos permitía este, interactuar más, empaparnos, este, proponer. Y ahora el actual presidente pues tiene una forma diferente de trabajo, ¿no? Y justamente ese cambio pues no nos está dando mucho pues no, mucho juego, ¿no? Para que nosotros podamos eh, inter, interferir, aportar, este, sumar. Entonces pues lo que está haciendo pues es relegarnos a, pues, a, a un segundo plano y nos obliga aún más a trabajar cada quien por su cuenta, ¿no? Entonces, creo que pues necesitamos un cambio como ligas y un cambio estru estructural en la en la forma de trabajar de la federación. Digo, no dudo que, que César Barrera pues quiera hacer las cosas diferentes, pero si yo pudiera aconsejarle algo es que también nos nos tome en cuenta, puesto que llevamos una vida de, pues, de experiencia y todos tenemos esta pues este deseo de, de apoyar e impulsar a nuestras jugadoras, ¿no? Sí, sí, el gol viene siendo a que se mejore el deporte, pues últimamente que se mejore uh, el deporte para tener un, un, un campeonato you know, nacional ¿verdad? y hacer eso. El, el, el esfuerzo, Michelle, eh, el primer año fue bueno para uh, México internacionalmente, la vista de, del equipo que, que ustedes pusieron juntos en el 2017 en Vancouver, y luego eh, teníamos la anticipación en Finlandia y todo lo que pasó, se supone, afortunadamente eso pasó, pero eh, esperábamos a México competir por otro bronce, pues, o si no, un, uh, una plata también. 
y no y eso no pasó eso por fanáticos de nos, como nosotros era fue una situación mala porque esperábamos se supone que México competir uh, con uh, con uh, con Canadá con Estados Unidos etcétera Exactamente, realmente las chicas se prepararon desde de 2017, las chicas se emocionaron mucho, este, pusieron todo su empeño en, en volver a ser seleccionadas y muchas mm, tomaron hambre para, para ser seleccionadas de, de, de México. Entrenaron por 17, 18, 9, 20, 22, por más de cuatro años para llegar a este, uh -huh. a este, a, a este siguiente mundial y la decepción fue muchísima. De hecho, nosotros no íbamos por un, por un bronce. O sea, la, la intención era ir por un plata o por un oro. Yo sa sabemos que las chicas norteamericanas pues tienen otra cultura deportiva y, y son muy fuertes, pero inclusive en 2017 las mismas jugadoras les dijeron a la a la selección mexicana que no esperaban eso de ellas, ¿no? Que son, eran un equipo fuerte, que era un, un equipo aguerrido, mismo mismo comentario que las impulsó y que les dio la la oportunidad o la esperanza de, de ir por un oro. Y bueno, esperanza creo que está mal 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 dicha la palabra. Les dio eh, esa esa motivación por ir por el oro, por, a, de saberse tan capaces y tan competentes como las mejores jugadoras del mundo. Entonces, entrenaron muchísimo, sacrificaron muchísimo porque su mira estaba en un oro, no, ni siquiera en un bronce, ni siquiera en un plata, estaba estaba en eso. Entonces, pues la caída del sueño fue fue muy muy fuerte para ellas. Uh -huh. Y muchas de las de las uh, jugadoras estaban en el primer en el primer este mundial, siendo el segundo mundial, se supone que querían a, 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 a a hacer algo más más grande, ¿verdad? De, 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 uh, del oro, el intento estaba ahí para el oro también. So, exact, pero es, eso no, no pasó, afortunadamente. No, no pasó, sacrificaron mucho en el camino. Para que una uh -huh. jugadora aquí en México repita selección, pues no sabes lo, lo el, el gran esfuerzo que hicieron. Nosotros como administradores de, 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 de ligas tuvimos que acompañarlas ese proceso, acomodar temporadas, acomodar entrenamientos para que pudieran eh, tener ese camino libre como seleccionadas este, nacionales, ir a todas sus prácticas, tener prácticas de nutrición, de, de uh -huh. acondicionamiento físico, de sistema. Fueron ultradisciplinadas, o sea, realmente una muestra de, de lo que es un, un verdaderamente un atleta pues nacional inclusive digo, no no somos una disciplina olímpica pero con ese rigor estuvieron entrenando nuestras jugadoras para que por una fa una falla administrativa se les hayan cortado las alas no sí se supone uh, y afortunadamente eso es lo que estamos mirando nosotros como fanáticos extranjeros también, porque teníamos la anticipación de mirar a México en el IFAB, el torneo IFAB, en un, un gran estado. Y aparte de lo que pasó, uh, Isabel, ellos ellas también uh, hicieron buen, uh, buen, uh, buen juegos en, en los juegos que, que estuvieron uh, en, en competencia. So, Podría, podría ser más mejor toda situación, pero a Gran Británica ganó, se supone, por el default de, de México. Se puede decir que es un equipo también bueno, pero you know, anticipamos que México iba a estar en, jugando por el, el, la plata también o el oro. Exacto. 
exactamente. Pues sí, como, como hemos platicado, fue una, una triste decepción para todos, ¿no? Para los fanáticos, uh -huh. para las familias y principalmente para ellas. Es comprensible que en esta temporada, pues, simplemente se, se hayan desanimado. O sea, pues, creo que en su, en su mente y en su corazón, pues, piensan que es mucho más lucrativo, pues, continuar con sus estudios, estudios continuar con su trabajo, porque, pues la última experiencia pues no fue la más la más grata no sí ahí se pone y si el en qué estado estás tú para el progreso de tu proyecto porque tenías este FX Norte no te estabas trabajando con FX Norte tenías FX México uh, ya sé que la FAI tiene diferentes uh, secciones también uh, Lexa tiene diferentes secciones so Uh, ¿Están están en, ustedes en competencia en este punto en, en, entre la, todas las ligas? En, 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 y, en caso de que están federadas todas, excepto Lexfa, no está federada ya porque y, la, 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 no, la sacaron. Exactamente, entre las cosillas ahí de, de la federación. Sí, mira, de hecho la, la proyección de hacer torneos eh, internacionales en distintas regiones del país, pues viene aunado a un proyecto de crecimiento. Si tenemos amarrado eh, o bien consolidado lo que es eh, FXF Norte, eh, ya estamos con, con pláticas en Bajío. Aquí eh, la burocracia eh, del deporte pues nos pide que, que en cada estado eh, se federe a través de una asociación estatal. Y esto pues ya, ya puede ser una pues, como, un, como una filial dentro de nuestra propia, de nuestra propia liga. Eh, en algunas ocasiones pues es, es sencillo, en otras no lo es tanto, porque es más un tema burocrático, administrativo, que este, con algunas sí, sí. Pues, algunas fallas, ¿no? Y, o algunos algunos topes que la propia, este, pues el propio gobierno y, y la propia estructura deportiva pues te lo te, te lo bloquea, ¿no? Sin embargo, pues hemos encontrado ahí algunas algunas brechas, por ejemplo, lo de FXF Norte, en donde pues a través de las asociaciones estatales nos hemos podido ir haciendo más grandes. La intención aquí pues, también por parte de la liga es no quitarles esa autonomía donde puedan trabajar y puedan este tra crecer al ritmo de, de, de su propio estado, pero sí queremos trabajar y, y, y hacer crecer a, 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 tanto a la liga como a, como a los a los propios estados. De primera instancia, pues lo que vamos a hacer es, es trabajar este en convenio con estos estados y ya será cuestión de de, de decisión tanto de, la, de las ligas y de los propios directivos si quieren afiliarse o quieren trabajar como ligas hermanas. Sí, supone, y ese es el problema ahorita que estoy mirando yo, porque teníamos uh, buena proyecta para, para tener una liga que crezca nacionalmente. Ahora tenemos tres ligas casi nacionalmente. So, you know, para, para hacer uh, el deporte es como aquí en los Estados Unidos. Tenemos you know, cuatro, cinco, seis ligas y el, el deporte no se une, pues, porque tenemos diferentes visiones. Cada liga tiene su visión de hacer ciertas cosas y, o, y, y unas tienen... You know, 60 equipos, otras tienen 20 equipos, otras tienen nomás 16 equipos, ¿verdad? So, todo uh, se complica eh, cuando se, se hace todo, pues, en vez de eh, eh, ir a una trayecta uh, central. Um, para para hacerte, uh, dejar irte, uh, gracias por tu tiempo otra vez y, eh, y por la paciencia de, uh, de lo que tenemos técnico y todo eso. So, uh, Michelle, uh, esperando el, 20, el, el siguiente año, el 2024, 
you know, aproximadamente cuánto vas a tener, unos 10 uh, equipos, dos equipos, que, que es el pensamiento en, en, en clase de la, que la liga, el estado de la liga va a ser en, en, en términos de, de, de equipos. Pues mira, la verdad es que nosotros estamos yendo por la mayor cantidad de equipos posibles, hemos estado platicando, y para lo que sería la conferencia de once estamos buscando diez equipos, diez equipos para jugar un, un torneo nacional, no solamente de área metropolitana, sino hablando de todo el país. Contamos con, con la... Es, bueno con pláticas y ya con, con ciertos tratos de varios equipos uh -huh. y creemos que es, que es posible para 2024 pues ya tener consolidados estos 10 equipos, ¿no? Como alguna vez se, se habló en, en Liga Mayor para la varonil de los 10 grandes, tratamos de, mul, de emular eso eso mismo, ¿no? La, las 10 grandes, los 10 grandes equipos de, de México que puedan jugar bajo, pues, bajo la, la Liga FXF, aunado con el proyecto de crecimiento nacional y para el torneo de, de fútbol arena que es como nuestro semillero pues ahí esperamos este, de igual manera pues tener alrededor de 15 equipos nuestra nuestra meta sería en total contar con 25 equipos que puedan disputar en 2024 All right. so, así quedamos esperando este el proyecto uh, de 2024 20, del FX México Uh, Michelle, gracias por tu tiempo y paciencia por la entrevista y la, perdona por lo, todo lo técnico que antes de la no, entrevista. No, no, y te tu tiempo, pero, pero así pasa Perfecto. con internet, ya sabes. Conecta, conecta, Seguramente en, en todos lados. Pero con todo gusto, ah, cuando, cuando gustes, estamos, gracias estamos en Gracias por tu tiempo, tener una buena, buena noche y este, anticipando el, el, el calendario para el... Uh, el 2024, el, el regreso de la FX México. Te agradezco mucho, pues esperamos pronto dar dar buenas noticias. Pasa una bonita noche y éxito con tu programa. Gracias, ok. Tenga buenos días. Hasta luego. Bye. Hasta luego. Bye. All right. So that was uh, uh, Michelle uh, Rubio Sosa. She is the president of FX Mexico, and uh, she uh, was gracious to give us her time, and obviously... Uh, uh, very, very patient while I got all my technical stuff out of here. So uh, let's bring in uh, Mark Simone. Hey, Mark, it's, uh, it's been an interesting intro and 20 minutes of my life. <laughs> I would like to take back. <laughs> yeah, that was, um, you know, pretty pretty rough. Um, but it was only 20 minutes, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. Of course, that 20 minutes was, was grueling. Um, it was like, you know, pulling teeth. To, uh, to listen, just like, oh, my God, is it going to, you know, is it going to get fixed? But, you yeah, know, no, and I know what be, happened. I, I, got switchboard. I got onto the switchboard, right? And the, the moment uh, I kick into the switchboard, it just, it the Internet just cut off. So I'm still live <laughs> until, I, until the switchboard goes off or until our, you know, until the, the, the show goes off the air, <laughs> basically. Uh, so that was kind of like not the best feeling in the world because <laughs> you're live and you can't shut it off. So you have to keep going right. or it's dead air. And you're thinking, so you, get one of the you know, what What can I talk about while I'm trying to resolve these issues? And it's really hard to, like, <laughs> do that. You've got this sinking feeling in your stomach, right? <laughs> yeah. It's only happened to me three times. <laughs> 
So it's not too bad, actually. Uh, it's, and, and, the, and, the, and the span of our podcast only happened like three times. So um, actually, mm-hmm. you know, thanks to Rochelle for hanging in there and uh, being gracious and patient with us so that we can actually get the interview done. I thought we were going to, like, not get to the interview <laughs> and waste our time, and that's one of the things I, I pride myself is not wasting people's time, right, to get them on the interview, and, and they, they make the time to do the interview. So, uh, But, uh, you know, thanks to Rochelle Rubio Sosa, president of FX Mexico, coming in here talking the state of the game in Mexico. Uh, if you are inclined to speak Spanish, you will probably enjoy that interview very well. If not, uh, at this point, uh, it's, it'll be replayed, and, I know. I'm just. I'm just kidding. You can. You don't have to get Google Translate or anything like that. But uh, for uh, for our Spanish fans, obviously they they got to they got to listen to her. Uh, and Mark, we already know. Uh, I I asked her the same things. You know, state of the game. They got Lafay. They got Lexpo. They got her her uh, her league. There's three different leagues. They're all growing, and none of them are unified. The uh, the federation's a mess, as she just noted here as well. That there's not one vision for the, uh, you know, women's gridiron. And we thought we had it bad in the U.S. <laughs> and so, unfortunately, they, you know, they're they're a broken puzzle, too, down south, I guess. Right, right. And, you know, some of those things sound kind of familiar. Um, but <laughs> I, I think I think they brought it up to a, a new level um, down in Mexico. So, you know, I really, I really hope that, you know, all the parties involved down there can – you know, figure a way to bring some semblance of unity to uh, to the game. You know, despite the differences here in the United States, um, you know, we can get it together to create, you know, an, a national team, for example. Um, yeah. And that's not without, like, its own politics. But, I mean, nothing like what happened in this, you know, this past year at the IFAF Women's World Championships uh, you know that was just an insane situation. The Mexican uh, women's team, you know, just couldn't even make it in time for their, you know, for the first game. So you know, it was just wild. And so you know, when you look at it that way, as she as she also mentioned it is, you know, there just is a lot of internal stuff going on, right? And nobody's really focusing on trying to get the squad, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's just do basically like any other national team. Right. And so we talked about obviously Cesar Barrera. We had Manuel Seja here from Lexfa talk about the issues, right. They got booted out of the Federation. So just a lot of politics that are uh, happening down South. And unfortunately it's actually hindering uh, the growth of women's gridiron down South because of all the issues that are happening. So we wanted to bring her on, kind of give us a state of the game. She was not able to play this season. They obviously are taking a season off. And then I just wanted to get her take on to, like, you know, what's going to happen for 2024. She's anticipating 10 strong teams in central Mexico. So looking forward to the return of FX Mexico in 2024. All right, Mark, um, let's see here. Uh, I also apologize to Mackenzie. Uh, Mackenzie, I was supposed to have her on the first 15 minutes, talk XFL, but uh, unfortunately that didn't happen. So, uh, you know, apologize to the salty one. She's probably going to be angry at me. That's okay. That's okay. Um, yeah, that was bad then, luck. Yeah, bad luck, unfortunately. So, um, so Mark, let's dive into WNFC, and then we got to dive into the WFA Week 1. Uh, so this, this whole hour, next hour, is going to be devoted to women's tackle football in the U.S. So we got exciting games that happened. We had one game that was not able to get broadcasted, which is very uh, strange. For the WNFC, 
but unfortunately, uh, similar yep. to our start of the podcast, <laughs> in internet, <laughs> what I, I was internet issues uh, do uh, arise. <laughs> yeah, that I mean that was tough. Um, you know, we were kind of deprived from the uh, Denver Bandits Seattle Majestics game, um, and uh, I guess the streak of um, streaming every WNFC game is is broken and. Um, so we'll have to try and start a new streak, but so that, that was unfortunate, but, um, you know, at least we, you know, were able to, we were lucky you and I, Oscar, to get reports from the game as it was happening from our co-host, mm-hmm. Gary Lister. So, um, uh, you know, that was, that was, at least we had, we had that and hopefully we'll get some, I don't, I don't know if we'll get a, a replay or not, but, um, at least we saw a highlight, you know, we got a highlight of Grace Cooper, um, uh, had a pretty, pretty nice rush there. And, um, but you know, it's too bad. It's too bad that, you know, I, for everybody who's been in women's football, especially with streaming, you know, as they say, you know, ish happens, you know, and, oh, yeah. you know, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, but, um, you know, that's the way it goes sometimes. Hopefully we'll get to a point where we'll never have to worry about that happening. Um, but as it is, uh, you know, that's that's the way it is. Yeah, and unfortunately, we, uh, you know, it was an issue, I think, more so than anything. Uh, the league hasn't, hasn't come out formally uh, for, with an explanation. Uh, the bandits didn't come out and explain any reasoning for that. Uh, the only explanation we got, obviously, there was obviously issues with the internet on site at the stadium. So, you know, we don't know anything beyond that. Uh, we did get, you know, a fan, uh, fans. Uh, I believe it was. I want to say it's uh, Grace Cooper's brother or family member that did post uh, the touchdown that she had against Seattle. That was a pretty impressive touchdown. Um, she ran it in for a touchdown there, and then you had the 12-0 uh, win. Uh, Cassie Cubis had a really good uh, performance as well. So uh, we didn't get a chance to see the whole scope of the game, so we can't analyze this, uh, the Majestics at this point in terms of what happened there, right? Uh, but uh, they, they were able to hold them to 12 points. Um, the Bandits, as usual, their defense did hold them to zero points, so there's a shutout there for them. Uh, it's an Aussie QB win, right? Uh, Cubis uh, gets, the, uh, gets the W. So that's uh, for her and and the fans out in Australia. So um, that should be good. Yeah, cool. that's, that's yeah, absolutely great for her. You know, um, to get that win under under her belt. Um, just in looking at the numbers from the game, you know, she she didn't have a spectacular game. She was you know three completions only. Um, so they spent a lot of time uh, running the ball. You know, in fact, uh, players who ran the ball: um, Cooper, Carla Romero. And uh, Sir Ice Fuentes, Wendy Sun, and the quarterback uh, Casey Cubis. Uh, they all they all you know took turns running the ball. Um, so not a lot of passing, um, but still you know Cubis uh, scored a touchdown on uh, one of her short rushes. I, I think it must have been a goal goal line rush. Um, just given the numbers. Um, you know, two carries for three yards. So I, I think she's probably uh, got that touchdown uh, on a, uh, a very short run. That's, you know, it's great. Denver's off the schneid now. 
they're one and one. Um, so they're they're trying to you know right in the ship after their week one loss to the Houston Mambas, and uh, so they did that. They got back on track. You know, Seattle has kind of come back down to earth. It doesn't look like they had much offensive production in that game uh, against Denver. Denver really looks like it. They shut them down. I don't, you know, just a quick look at the stats. It doesn't look like Seattle put together more than, you know, 40 or 50 yards total offense in that game. So that's hard to win when you have numbers like that, Oscar. Yeah, and we anticipated a better run game, right, because they they did so well against Oregon. Well, we we were anticipating them doing so well against Denver here. But, you know, the Denver defense is totally different, right? They've always been good for the last couple seasons, and they showed it uh, on that day that they were obviously the better defense uh, containing and holding the Majestics to that. So that was the game that obviously we have to note on because we could not watch it on W score. I don't know if it will be replayed at any point. The last time I checked, there was no replay there. So I anticipate, obviously, uh, I'm anticipating that they'll do something at some point for the archives purposes, right? Uh, but we don't know yet at this point if that's going to happen or not. Um, let's see here. Um, let's move on. Uh, Mark, we did anticipate Mississippi and Washington to be a tough battle, in a, and we, we thought it was going to be a little higher scoring, and it turned out to be the, the opposite, right? A lot of defensive uh, on both sides, Mississippi and, and Prodigy. Uh, we, we didn't anticipate that the Prodigy was not going to be able, be able to go in the blue zone and not score, and that's what happened there. Yeah, I, you know, uh, it was – it was a hard-fought game, and it was, you know, as you said, low scoring. There was a lot of defense, but, you know, there was also just a lot of, you know, offensive, you know, stalls in, you know, three times in the red zone for, for Washington. And, you know, Washington really, I you know, I felt they kind of controlled the, the game for for the most part in terms of, you know, uh, the tempo of the game, they had the possession of the ball, um, you know, mo- you know, most of the time, uh, Mississippi's defense was on the field a lot and they were getting tired and it really did feel like, um, you know, Washington was going to be able to cross the line at some point and possibly win that game. But give, you know, give credit to the Panthers defense for, just hanging in there. They had a really, I mean, they, they really must've been so tired at the end of that game. They were on the field all the time, it seemed, but you know, they did, they did what they had to do. They, you know, they, they kept um, Washington from getting into the end zone um, until it didn't matter anymore. Um, You know, Casey Hilliard pulled down a a touchdown pass, but it was, kind of like too little too late that was already like pretty deep into the fourth quarter and uh Washington mm-hmm. never really had a chance to to get you know get back and and try and steal that but you know Washington had definitely had their chances um all game to score I mean Jasmine Ballard she ran like a beast as she as she usually does and you know but when it came into the red zone you know, just it felt like to me like, you know, they just they just didn't get the right offensive plays called, and um, you know if they had scored earlier, 
you know, it, it might have made a big difference in the game as it was. But again, and credit and to the Panthers. This was a tough battle defense. because we had with a safety ma- a safety mode, like eight two or right. something at one point. It's like it, it, was. it was just like one of these games, and the field positioning to your point it was Washington had it. They just could not punch it in. And shout out to uh, uh, Charlicia Bradford, Mary Woodward, and Ida Edwards because they they came out with some big plays uh, to prevent that from happening. Mm-hmm. So they they were they were mm-hmm. there pretty much all night. Yeah, they were. And um, you know, as, as far as the uh, the Panthers' offense goes, um, you know, they it just. You know, they banked on making to get on the board. Uh, you know, they they had some trouble getting, you know, put to, putting together drives um, because Washington's defense was also very, very stout and hard to move the ball against. But when, you know, when you have the, the ability to, to go vertical, um, then that gives you a chance to get big plays. And, and that's what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they were able to get a big play to get down the field um, and into the end zone, and they were able to do it twice, and and it was enough to to win the game. And they really earned it, man, because that was a hard fought game, Oscar. No, no, it was a it was a big test, uh, similar to when they played Texas, and they didn't anticipate having that. I think they were, I think Rashawn Gore and company thought they were going to just sling it, right? Get the get the corners. They're going to be able to do that. Prodigy, you know, shout out to uh, Natasha Ware and uh, Shannon Brown and uh, Michelle Blake. Uh, shout out to them for just you know getting being in a Gore's face. And then the containment, the containment was just uh, to Sean Lay and uh, you had uh, Rosine Dinsey and Monique Dingle as well. Uh, so the containment was there, and the run game wasn't as effective. I mean, you did it, did see Davis get some runs. But it wasn't enough to where you know that was one of the one of the things that happened. But uh, the the passing game, I, I think in, in terms of Washington, you got to be disappointed, right? Because there was so many so much opportunity for Cassie Hillier to get to to get into it that you know you you got you got to be able to do it. You know what I mean? You you got to do it. And so I think maybe they were more disappointed in the fact that their output on on uh, in terms of the receiving end, they had a lot of opportunities, but they couldn't convert. They just couldn't convert. It was just a struggle. But credit, like you said, uh, Mississippi. Yeah, and you know, there were a few drop passes um, mm-hmm. by Washington or balls that just like quite just weren't quite in reach. Um, but you know, they they definitely had their chances. Um, and you know, I, I think you know, last week when we talked when we were previewing this game, you know, we were talking about what this game meant for for both of these teams mm-hmm. and for you know for Washington you know we definitely said that you know this was a game that they they wanted to prove something about you know uh how they belong among the top teams in the league um especially after having been kind of you know like uh snubbed out of the the playoffs for the last 2 years and even though the Prodigy did not win this game, I think they did prove their point. They left it all on the field um, in in a slugfest, and they didn't come out on top. But, so I, you know, I think they definitely um, earned some respect. 
and have, you know, opened some eyes, um, you know, across the league. And uh, they've, they've made a statement that they're, you know, they're, they're definitely one of the toughest teams in the league. Yeah, and if you think about, like, what, what's happened so far with them, they were able to do really well the first week, right? They were able to take care of business. And now, uh, Mark, if you're Philadelphia, you started to see some sort of kink in their, in their armor, right? From week one to week two, Philadelphia much improved uh, with the, the performance against Kansas City. So this, uh, this, uh, this game against Philadelphia might not be as easy as, as it was uh, for Washington week one. I agree with you. I, I don't think um, the this uh, Philly Phantoms is going to be the same team that the Prodigy met in the first week of the season. But um, that said, I don't think the Washington Prodigy is is the same team either. Um, after you know the game they just had, so you know it'll be very interesting to see what what that game looks like. Um, I'm pretty sure we'll see a hard fought game on both sides I expect Philly to, to have a bit more fight than they did there in that first game where they lost uh, 31 to nothing yeah no I, I and that's what the, my point I'm, that I'm making is that they have an opportunity here right to, to stand tall mm-hmm. like they did against Kansas mm-hmm. City Washington similar to Kansas City already coming in off a big win in week one then all of a sudden Kansas City falls back down to earth uh, the same way this week Right, we didn't anticipate Kansas City to get a zero points, but my God, going up against Texas, um, they they just didn't didn't do anything. They they were shooting themselves in the foot all all game, and when you do that against uh, the Spartans, it's lights out. And that forty-one to zero, that's literally. I mean, we don't even have to talk about Texas at that point, not to disrespect them or anything, but we already know, you know, Satterwhite, Jackson, <laughs> Bushman, second unit. Crouch and company just didn't have a chance. Right. And, you know, uh, we I talked a lot about the Kansas City-Philly game uh, in our podcast last week and um, talked a lot about, you know, Kansas City's kind of struggles with uh, in that game and, and, you know, with the lens of, of having to face the uh, Spartans this week. You know, it didn't bode well, and unfortunately, you know, you know, I hate to say it, but the glory looked abysmal, you know, mm-hmm. against against Texas. I mean, Texas will make you look bad, right? But, yeah, the, you know, when you look at the numbers here, they're just not there, you know. It's like one completion for the entire game, right? Um, and, you know, the the yards aren't there. They, they just got squashed just got squashed um i I just i don't even know (laughs) i don't even know where to start to talk about it it was um you know defense had a couple good moments you know recovering a fumble and getting a sack and you know um a few good pass deflections um but offensively you know is you know, it's almost goose eggs all the way across the board, not just in the, uh, you know, just not on the scoreboard. Just there's no offensive production there at all. Mark, the high from the first week, this is, uh, as I was talking to, 
you know, this week with the, a couple, uh, a couple of the uh, DFRC, you know, personnel that we're doing the, the rankings, right? This has gotten to a point where now we're. This is week what week four now? We're going into week four, right? Now we're starting to separate. Yep. You know how you said the boys from the men. Now we're starting to separate girls from the women, right? Women from the girls. That mentality. Now we're starting to see. You know, the beginning. Uh, we put up the no joke football rankings, and everybody was like, "Oh, you're crazy! What you're you're, you're putting so so up uh, at this number, or that number." Uh, the math doesn't lie, people. At some point, the math will reflect and reset, right? And we're starting to see where Kansas City is going to fall from top five to the, probably the middle of the pack in that 13th to 16th mode, right? Because of the fact that yep. offensively their efficiency is not there, and when they're going up against uh, better competition. You know, my model uh, at the hub doesn't reflect strength of schedule, right? But if you put it on a massy mode, uh, Kansas City really, like to your point, is struggling, right? So they're they're not going to be favorable. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, they they've definitely, you know, they're definitely tumbling right now, and mm-hmm. you know they haven't had a bye week, and they're going into their fourth game of the season. Uh, this week against the Denver Bandits. Um, and it's kind of a must-win for both of those teams. It's definitely one of the most intriguing matchups of this coming week. You know, uh, can can Kansas City kind of stop the hemorrhaging and, like, uh, you know, turn things around for themselves and, and, you know, keep their hopes alive for making the playoffs? And Denver's, you know, similarly – is looking to, um, you know, save their playoff hopes. Um, and beating, you know, Kansas City is going to go a long way toward that for them. So um, big game there. Big game, Oscar. And it's not – it doesn't help at this point through three weeks. If you look at everything that's happening, okay, six penalties, almost 50 yards. So they're averaging 16.7 penalties per Per, uh, per penalty yards per game, that is not good. That's just to, just to let you know, penalties is not good. And then Lauren has a rating of five at this point, forty-five, yeah. nine of twenty-five, right? Uh, four interceptions. So yeah, this is uh, regressing. This is the word we want to use politely. Yeah, yeah regressing. I mean, crouch. Yeah, crouch through an interception uh, against Texas. Um, I don't know if, if if that was the reason, but you know, a couple of the other players um, got some reps at at the quarterback position. Um, you know, get, uh, Sarah Gomez, uh, you know, got uh, through four pass attempts. Uh, Shine Galbraith uh, also got under center, tried to throw a couple passes. Um, you know, without much success, but. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. So, you know, I I got to ask the question. You know, is is the quarterback uh, is there a quarterback controversy, if you will, uh, in Kansas City? I guess we'll find out when um, we see them face off against Denver this week. And you got to understand, Mark, uh, this is a situation now. If you're the head coach, right? If you're the head coach now, you're going into week four. You haven't had a rest week, right? Like most teams have had, you know, week one and then you get by and, you know, this week. Like you said, the exhaustion level is now taking its toll. 
because this is not like athletes in the NFL where they're like every they're getting pampered and and recovering every week. Everybody's going back to work, you know, their day jobs, and all of a sudden they're playing four four games in a row. So and, and they're traveling, right? They're traveling for for they're working their asses off, and on top of that, you know, they're busing wherever they got to go, right? So fatigue, uh, you know, tiresomeness, everything's going to play a factor. Uh, this week, no different. You go up against what? Texas, right? And they are so they have so much depth that it's it's just one of those things that's it's also tiresome, right? So the 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 glory defense is my point is uh, they're somewhat getting burned out now because of the fact that what uh, you know the offensive is not being as effective as they were in week one. Yeah, you're you're right. In fact, you know um, <laughs> it's it has been worse for the. Uh, the Kansas City offense. So, <laughs> ergo, it hasn't been worse for the defense either. Yeah, they're they're definitely um, probably going to be facing, you know, f- that fatigue factor that you describe. You know, luckily, uh, their game this week is at home. So, but you know, it's hard to say. You know, is like <laughs> is is one week enough time to really like recover from, you know. Um, two straight road trips um, mm-hmm. where, you know, a tough game against Philly, physical game, and then, you know, you get steamrolled by by Texas, and and we know that they play hard. So um, it, it's, it's a tough road to recovery now um, in getting prepared for the, the following week. So, um, you know, that's tough. I don't even know if they're doing ice buckets because they're doing ice buckets even worse. I hate ice, icing myself. You know? <laughs> if you're if you're Kansas City, it's not helping you. You know, you gotta go, you probably have to. I, I don't like Creo either, but maybe you got to do. You're gonna have to do something extreme, right? But I mean, their schedule, their schedule. We knew their schedule was gonna be a little brutal, right? Because uh, they get they get. Uh, you want to consider week one a bye because they blew out they blew out Florida, but now it's like. It's it's do or die, right? You go, you're going up against Denver in a must win. It doesn't get any mm-hmm. better after that. You're going up against Houston, right? Who's also has a good defense yep. and playmakers. Yep. And then you're going to get Texas again. So it it doesn't yep. look good for Kansas City in terms of making a playoffs. That's one of the things we step back, you know, um, and consider these uh, six uh, regular season game schedules as compared to, to eight as it was in the recent past and uh, certainly 10 you know, going further back. But with a, a, a schedule as short as six games, where the, the, the tables can turn on you like really quick, you know? Mm-hmm. So each game you play is like actually just super important, you know, even the first, you know, every game, first game, you know, last game, there's no, you know, there's no coasting into the playoffs under this, under this sort of situation, right? If you win your first five games or, you know, maybe you're four and, you know, um, three and two, three and one, four and one going into the last game, like you could be out if you lose that last game. You don't know. So that's pretty wild. And, you know, Kansas City, um, as it turns out, has a pretty tough schedule going down the stretch, especially, right? There's no, um, there's no gimme in, on this schedule, Mark. 
And if you're you're struggling like Lauren is, uh, you know, I I, I want I don't want to say prayers, but <laughs> if you lose to Denver, you're done. The season is over yep. because there's no even if you went against Houston, you face Texas at the end. So it, right. it, this is a, uh, you know, you said it earlier. If it's a must win, this is the must win against Denver. You have to get yep. this win if you're if you're Kansas City. There's no other option. You gotta you gotta beat Denver. Oh yeah, I mean I I think if they lose to Denver, then uh, they're they're definitely out of playoff contention unless they can somehow like beat the Spartans in the final week of the season, and that yep. is not very likely. But it is it it is kind of crazy to look at their schedule and you know they just got like steamrolled uh, by Texas. But you look at their schedule and you're like, oh, the easy half of your schedule is just is over. That was the easy half that you just had. Yeah, really. Florida, <laughs> Philly, and Texas, right? Yeah. Oh, that's rough. That's rough. Yeah. Is Brian listening? Brian, uh, send some Slurpees to Kansas City. They need them right now. They need some Slurpees because <laughs> it's, it's – oh, my God. Um uh, and and you know what, Mark? Denver comes into this because they were in that same boat too against Houston. Now they get this win, a must-needed win. They know this is going to be a battle. Uh, but offensively, Denver is getting better. Like you said, there's, there's a committee there. It's not just Grace. There's a couple other players that they can flip in. So the the glory in terms of the offense, uh, their you know the, the offensive end of it they got to be able to step up to this, this next game because uh, defensively they're doing their job. And, you know, but, I mean, at this point it's just if Denver gets going offensively, which we've been, you know, asking for every since the beginning of the season, and it's starting to see, right. you know, Cubic, Grace, they start to get going, right? All they got to do is put two scores up, three scores up, and if Kansas City can't combat that offensively, then uh, that's not going to be good. Yeah, it'll be especially tough if um, Denver's Cubas can, you know, start completing more passes and, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially, you know, passing into the end zone and we get, a, you know, some touchdown passes. Um, but, you know, Cubas not throwing any interceptions yet, I don't think. So, you know, you can't count on that happening if you're, if you're the Kansas City uh, defense. So, um, yeah, obviously, if, if Denver's offense continues to take strides forward, um, it's, it's going to make it that much harder for Kansas City this coming week. And this is what I'm saying. The only, reason we're, the only reason we're talking about the glory in itself is because of the grind schedule, as Mark pointed out earlier, right, Mark? This, this is a grind. They haven't had a bye week. And so they've been playing consistently every week, and that takes its toll. And unfortunately, you know, the competition that they're facing is, you know, that level competition. They're going, you know, they went from what, uh, a, a Florida high, right? 40 points, real, you know, right? Just, yeah, but Florida <laughs> defensively and offensively is, uh, if you want to call it, is so anemic to a Texas, right? It's not comparable. Mm-hmm. And then Philadelphia heard us, right? Because we were like, hey, prayers to you. And so they gave us the middle finger and going, no, no prayers to you. We're going to, you know, make them earn it. And they did make them earn it. 
right? In that sense. So, um, you know, that, that 2-0 start by Kansas City is literally not uh, what the team is, you know, at this point, uh, given the last, uh, this past week, they were just not there. And so, I, like I said, maybe fatigue setting in. Uh, the, you know, the defense is getting burned out. Offensively, they're, they're not in tune as they were in week one. So, um, yeah, uh, Denver, Kansas City is what we're going to be watching, right, Mark, week four? So that's going to be an intriguing game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it'll be very interesting to see, like, the approaches uh, teams take. I, I feel like for Kansas City, we've, we've talked and really harped a lot, actually, on, you know, quarterback Lauren Crouch. But I, I really think the, you know, the key um, in in this game against Denver for for Kansas City is to to get Ken Gabriel going, um, yep. and just see if if feed the you ball, know, just stay in the yeah. ground game. Don't let Lawrence pass. Just have him, you know, it's committee, right? You got Gabriel and uh, you got you got Gabriel and also Galbraith. So just I mean, run, run the ball and see if uh, Denver can can somehow, you know, uh, you got to burn out the Denver D. If you give them an opportunity where it's pass, pass, and you're turning the ball over, uh, you know, that's gonna, not going to be good for you. So Kansas City, glory, if you're listening, uh, you got to get back on the W, right? You got to get back on the W here because this is a must win, more so for Kansas City, I think, than Denver. Because Denver still, even if they don't win here, they still have some, uh, you know, some, some weeks to, to rebound. But uh, they know this is a must win also. I mean, Terry's talked about it right. since we won. This was going to be a big game, yeah. and now we here we are. Um, Mark, yep. if you're San Diego and Las Vegas, uh, we had the Mariah, uh, uh, the Lopez sisters here. They were very confident. They were, uh, you know, the game plan's going to be so good against San Diego, but I did point out to them the San Diego defense is a different monster, and there we go, 21-0, to they lose. They, you know, they couldn't get anything going offensively. That's right. Um, San Diego, um, their defense really kind of did a number on on Las, uh, Las Vegas. Like Vegas couldn't couldn't get anything going um, on the ground. They couldn't get anything going in the air. Um, it, you know, I don't really know <laughs> what to say. What to say? Um, you know, offensively, San Diego. Um, you know, they rolled up pretty good. Nobody had, like, you know, had crazy numbers, but just everybody had some numbers. And, you know, when you get everybody kind of, you know, pitching in, um, you know, that, that definitely um, helped them win the game. You know, they had the possession of the ball a lot, and they got into the end zone. You know, Aberdeen Chambers, you know, had um, – uh, a big reception, 68 yards for a touchdown. So, so that was big. Um, you know, uh, Gutierrez had a good game, right? 85 yards um, and a touchdown. So, and and you know, Nancy Martin threw you know th- through that touchdown pass. She was over 100 yards passing and no interceptions. So, you know, when when your star players, you know, turn in. You know, uh, s- solid performances. That's three solid performances from from three of their main people. Um, that makes them tough to beat, for sure. To add Mercedes Lewis, which we previewed last week, right? We said <laughs> it's going to be tough <laughs> to beat Mercedes Lewis. 
and the, and the uh, rebellion defense. And to, to, to that point, they, they stood tall. Two interceptions, uh, Cindy Lou, uh, Raslin, uh, I think she had, what, what, 26 yards, 16 of 28. Uh, she was two interceptions. Uh, then you had uh, Marissa was nine yards, two out of five. Uh, just that alone right there, those stats, not going to get it done. <laughs> and then, you, right. and then they, hold, they hold Jennifer, uh, dual threat Jennifer, they hold her to 17 mm-hmm. yards, eight carries, yep. only two and yep. a half yards average. And then they hold her to 13 yards on three receptions with only averaging five yards. So those stats alone just, you know, just gives you the, 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 the breakdown of this uh, Rebellion D can do to an offense right there, just to shut down mode completely. Yep, absolutely. I was just like kind of muted everything. Um, so, so it was tough game uh, for the Silver Stars. You know, uh, in following the game, you know, on W score, uh, you could tell that, <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't just a, like a simple rolling over. Um, it was pretty tough. Uh, you know, it was a it was a contested game. I think everybody played really hard, um, but uh, you know the strat the strategy uh, deployed by uh, San Diego defensively against Las Vegas was you know this was just very successful. And um, yeah, when when you can't score, you know what can you do? Yeah, and, and when you have like I like I said before, you have that you have that that threat of um, you know the defense always playing really good ball. That right there is a bonus. You know what I mean? And then when when you get a, a, a Gutierrez, Martin, like you said, contributions from that, uh, you know it's going to be tough, tough for them to to beat. And so at three scores, they couldn't get anything mustered. So if you're uh, Las Vegas, uh, Mark. Uh, what do we do here? Because that's almost in the same situation as the glory. You thought for sure you were in that, uh, you know, that mode where you're going, you're going for, you know, a positive schedule, and all of a sudden now it's like, okay, so you're, I don't know, you get Seattle next, right? And then you get Utah. Yeah. So Seattle yeah. may be I mean, winnable, and then Utah, that's going to be a big challenge. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm pretty sure – that if you're on the Silver Stars, you're, you know, you're disappointed not only by the loss that you had against San Diego, but the fact that you really were outmatched, like, in every aspect mm-hmm. of the game. Um, and so <laughs> all you can really do is look forward um, and, you know, hope maybe you see San Diego again in the playoffs where you can, you know, get some revenge. But as, you know... Uh, as it stands, they've got uh, the Seattle Majest- Majestics now this week. So um, that's a winnable game for them, I think. And they do have to travel, but they really need to focus on that and get back on the winning track because, as you say, you know, they got Utah Falcons um, the week after that. So um, that's that's not an easy game. So they need to focus on Seattle and get that win so, you know, they can kind of maintain their record. And, you know, on the outside, you know, on the outside looking in, it's like, 
maybe you don't expect to to beat San Diego. You don't expect to beat Utah. So taking those L's are that's just what they are. But it's about how you play against them and whether or not you're satisfied with you know the effort you put in. Um, you know some of the some of the results you got inside the game. So hopefully when they do face Utah. Um, you know, they'll be more competitive than, than they were against uh, San Diego. But um, anyway, uh, really just take it one game at a time. And, and that next game is against Seattle. If you're the rebellion, Mark, uh, you got uh, game one, you got a bye week, then you get this game and you get another bye week, right? So uh, next, uh, the week after that, Seattle. So if you're the rebellion, you're feeling pretty well. Right, you got one tough loss against Utah. Uh, you get this big win against Las Vegas. You're one and one, right? You get Seattle and Utah. Another rematch after that. So uh, for the schedule for um, the Rebellion, it looks favorable because you know even if you lose to Utah again uh, and you get a win in Seattle and you get a win in LA and a win in Oregon, uh, your playoffs you're playoff bound basically. That that's definitely true. And just for our listeners. Um, you know, two teams from each conference are are going to the playoffs. There's, you know, every conference gets at least two. Um, some will get three, um, and and that's more of a, a ranking situation for um, that that third team. But you know, here in the regular season, you're fighting for one of those two spots in your in your conference, and so. You know, right now it looks like Utah and and San Diego. So San Diego, like you, as you said, Oscar, you really just kind of has have to win the games that they're supposed to win, right? Which mm-hmm. is Seattle, Los Angeles, yep. and Oregon, and they'll be in the playoffs. Um, so yep. yeah, you're right. Even if they lose to to Utah uh, twice in the regular season, it's probably not going to. Um, ruin their chances of of securing a playoff spot. And given their defense is so stout and they play so well, uh, Seattle has to worry about that this coming next matchup that they got against them. And, of course, Oregon and L.A. should be heads up because they're going to have to muster points. And neither of those teams have been able to muster points offensively either, kind of like the issue Las Vegas had. So if if you're the Rebellion, you know, play your game, right? Just keep playing your game. You should be able to yeah, punch absolutely. it in and you'll be able to get to the playoffs for the nine cup. Try to, you know, seek for the nine cup. Absolutely. You know, they're kind of sitting pretty right now. Uh, it's mm-hmm. about like, don't let, don't let any sort of catastrophe happen. Like, you yeah. know, take, take every opponent seriously, you know, issues like that. They should, you know, the, the schedule looks like it's a favorable schedule for them to get into the dance. Uh, whether you know whether yeah, they, they get bounced in the first round or not, that's that's going to be on them, right? But uh, it's favorable to get in the dance. Um, let's see here. What what other? Oh, uh, Utah, uh, Mark. We're not surprised. Uh, I'm not surprised based on film that they've done in the last couple matchups. Um, this team is is on a trajectory to clash with the Spartans, as far as I can tell. Offensively, they're putting up at least what an average of 20 points a game. Nobody, and I mean nobody in the in the West, considering uh, maybe San Diego at this point or Denver, but uh, Utah 
looks like they could run the table. I'm just saying it out there now. They could run the table. Yeah, you know, I agree with you. I think at this point in the season, um, they look like one of the favorites to to reach the um, mm-hmm. nine cup uh, championship. Um, you know, they just they have a robust offense. They have this stout defense. You know, it, it's it's a complete package, which um, you know, not all of the teams in the WFC. WNFC have that sort of com- complete, well-rounded balance. You know, I, you know, I, I see, we see a lot of great defenses. I think in this league, um, but not every team can pair it with with a strong offense, and that's what Utah's been able to. That that's their identity. Like they've been doing that yeah. for a long time. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think in in especially last year. You know, as Utah struggled early in the season, you know, there are a lot of questions about, uh, you know, Louise Bean was not under center um, and wasn't on the team anymore to help to help mentor. She was fully retired by that point. And uh, Galicia was under center, um, still, you know, new to the position. Uh, so, so there were some questions, you know, there's just questions about, you know, are they going to still be the same team? Uh, then, of course, um, a head coaching change uh, questions. Well, you know, are they going to still run the triple option? You know, what's going to be really different? I think in these last three games, we've seen that um, whatever questions we had, we had pretty much dispelled. Um, they're, now they're not the same team they they were, you know, a few years ago, but they're still Utah Falcons. They're still the class of um, the Pacific Conference, and they're still the favorite to reach uh, the championship. Period. The maturity of Felicia, the uh, stability of Tella, and the defense. You add uh, the complementary backs with Blackwell and Magana, right? You got the receivers, right? This is this is a deadly combo. With, can they beat? Going to be the big question if they reach the nine cup because it's a rematch. Right, that's our expectation yep. that Utah will will face Texas again if that's the case. And the biggest test for them will be can they beat a, a Spartans team at this point? So they're proving it week to week. Mark, they're averaging thirty points a game almost. They're averaging thirty points a game. So if you're Vegas, God bless you. If you're San Diego, big test for you, right? And if you're Denver, big test for you. So if you're the Falcons, mm-hmm. if, if you're scoping the, the teams that we're looking at, Mark, right now, you're saying win, 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 win. Sorry, to, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful to Vegas, San Diego, or Denver, but if you're, if you're Utah right now and you're looking at how Las Vegas, Las Vegas is struggling, you look at how San Diego is only putting in 21 points a game and struggling to put up 21 points a game, and if you're looking at Denver, can barely put up 10, 10 to 12 points a game, right, uh, you're feeling pretty good. <laughs> in terms of sweeping, pretty much. Oh yeah, I mean they they got to feel pretty good about their remaining schedule, and you know, but you know before we move on, I just, you know, need to to give give a shout out to um, the the legends um, in the, you know in their game last week against Utah, a remarkable. 
um, a, a remarkable run by, um, I think it was, uh, I don't know, Curtis, is that her name? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Anyways, great. Uh, it was like a 60-yard touchdown run mm-hmm. in their first yep. series. Um, again, you know, obviously a very, very good defense. And, uh, you know, I would really like to hear Holly uh, give her her take on it since she knows how that uh, defense operates. Uh, so I would like to see what she says about um, how Curtis got into the uh, backfield. Got You know, when she got past that middle linebacker, it was like it was over. You don't see that very often against um, Utah. So, uh, so that was pretty special. So I just want to give that shout out. Um, um, in in an otherwise sort of very very tough game for the legends, you know, in which Utah really did dominate the whole game, with the exception of like a couple of moments, like that one. You know, shout out to them for putting up a highlight. Mark, let's end it there before we go to WFA Pro uh, preview for the week one in the in the women's football alliance. Um, if you're LA, you get Oregon, then you get Seattle, San Diego, Las, uh, Las Vegas, and you're, you're only been able to muster eight points offensively. Your defense is keeping you in these games somewhat for three, two quarters. Uh, if you're LA, uh, this game against Oregon is, is, is you got to have this uh, Oregon, mm-hmm. you got to have this. So these two teams, one has to get the W. That's right. That's right. <laughs> You know, and um, if they don't get it this week, it's hard to see that they'll get it, you know, for the rest of the season. So, yep. um, so that that will definitely be a, uh, a hotly contested match. Because you got Oregon, uh, Oregon and LA pretty much facing uh, the same teams going down the stretch, right? That's just mm-hmm. they're they're getting San Diego, they're getting Vegas, they're getting uh, Seattle, I believe, one more time. So. Uh, if you're a uh, Legends and Ravens fan, uh, I guess you'll be at the edge of your seat as to see who's the better mediocre team <laughs> offensively. That's right. Enough points to win. This might be your Super Bowl right here. This is like your Super exactly. Bowl. Exactly. <laughs> Super Bowl right here. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, that's week four. So it's going to be uh, – and shout out to Atlanta for blowing out uh, doing their thing. All right. Atlanta did a really good job against Florida. So – uh, the Avengers continue to struggle, completely continue to struggle. So if you're Atlanta, it's uh, not so bad. You're in, you're in the uh, driver's seat for the most part, and you're able to take advantage of it. So, I mean, if you're the, if you're the Phoenix right now, you're, you're sitting pretty because at, at this point, um, you know, your schedule looks pretty favorable in terms of making the playoffs. You get, uh, you get Philadelphia uh, two weeks from today then they're going to go basically three in a row, Mississippi, Big Test, Washington, and then Florida. So their next uh, big matchup is Philly, and, and then Florida shouldn't be a, a problem. So if you're Atlanta, you're in the same boat as probably Utah. You know, you're feeling pretty good about where you're going to end up at this point. Oh, yeah, for real, no doubt. All right, so let's dive into the WFA uh, for the Women's Sports Network. Uh, per, uh, Jeff Dodge, um, Whitman Sports Network is going to have two uh, two games this coming week, April 22nd. You can catch the Pittsburgh Passion at the DC Divas. That's one of the classic rivalries in the WFA in terms of the East Coast. And on the West Coast, uh, if you want to consider it a, a newer rivalry, right, it's Nevada versus Mile High Blaze. 
kind of a rematch of a, a season or two ago of, in, in terms of the playoffs. So Nevada versus Mile High. Uh, Mark, anticipation here. We don't know what Nevada's going to look like. Uh, Felker's no longer there. you got, um, you know, a, a, just a changeover, basically. Mile High, we have no idea what they're going to look like either. Um, and then Pittsburgh, we know what they're playing for this, this season. And D.C., uh, apparently new upgrade with unis, and we'll see what Amanda can do. Yeah, that's right. Um, every week of the WFA season, there are going to be two games broadcasted um, nationally, either on the Women's Sports Network or FTF Next, um, mm-hmm. with the exception of May 27th. There's only, only going to be one game broadcasted there. But that's how it works. There's like a there's an early game, an LA game, and you can um, you know catch the WFA Pro level action on um, on the stream for free. Um, DC, yeah, I think DC DC has been making a bit of noise. Um, we're told not to expect what we've seen like the last couple of years from DC. So. So that's exciting. Um, their games against Pittsburgh have just historically been very entertaining. So I think this is a very sort of um, um, a sensible choice to uh, for their inaugural broadcast on the Women's Sports Network. So so that should be pretty good. And as you say, you know, more of a newer kind of rivalry, if you will, out west between Nevada and Mile High Blaze. Uh, the Nevada Storm, of course, um, you know, our listeners definitely know their story, uh, rising from Division Three um, to Division Two, winning championships in both of those levels, and they're they're trying to get a championship now in Division One. Um, uh, th- that should be a pretty interesting game. I, I think we thinking that the Storm have the edge in this one, uh, just based on their past success. Um, and their experience in the uh, the pro level um, as compared to, to Mile High. This is their first uh, season at the pro level. Well, it's going to be an interesting uh, slate of games for the WFA Pro, and we'll keep up to, uh, keep updated. You go to WFAProFootball.com. Uh, you can go right there and get the latest scores, updates there. Uh, besides the uh, Women's Sports Network's and FTF broadcast, as Mark has noted here, uh, this coming weekend, Pittsburgh, D.C., very, very historic clash, uh, Nevada versus Mile High. We also have a couple games on the docket, uh, Minnesota-St. Louis, Mark. That's going to be an interesting yep. one. We have talked about that, uh, especially with uh, Grace Cooper moving on, Jay White, everybody move on. It's kind of a, a new-look Minnesota team. St. Louis always in the mix uh, in terms of defense. Uh, then with the interesting matchup is going to be the Alabama Fire versus the D- uh, Derby. That's going to be interesting to figure out. you got Dallas versus Arlington in the Texas uh, duel. Uh, Cali War basically gets a walk-in win, which is not cool, against California That's Chaos. Right. So if you're listening to California Chaos, let's, let's put up a fight here, uh, maybe an upset. That would be nice to start off week one. That, w- that would be a, a very, very big upset. Uh, Detroit will go up against Co- – Columbus, no strangers there in terms of personnel between each other. And then uh, it's going to be uh, – that's it pretty much. I, I don't know if – is Houston officially in the WFA Pro? I heard Jeff yes, say they are. WFA Pro. 
Okay, they get Austin, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yep. That's right. So, so, so that's a slate of. What's that? Which one intrigues you more? Uh, of these games? Well, I, I mean, I definitely, I, I think the St. Louis-Minnesota uh, game. And that matchup's actually slated to uh, be televised later on this season, um, but um, not here in the first week. Um, you know, I definitely want to try and get a, uh, you know, a sense for what uh, Minnesota looks like now after some personnel changes. Um, and, you know, St. Louis Flames always like uh, always very intriguing to me. Um, so, so that's the matchup that I, I'm definitely going to um, be watching very closely. And the other one, as you pointed out, was the Derby City Dynamite in the Alabama Fire, because we just don't know uh, with the Alabama Fire being a new team to well, not exactly a new team. They've been out of the WFA and in the WNFC for for a few years now. They've returned to the WFA, and so we here in the WFA really don't know. Uh, we're kind of out of touch with them. So, so this is kind of rediscovering the Alabama Fire. Are they are they you know belonging in in the pro division? Um, are they going to be you know more of a Division two type of team. Um, we're gonna, I think, you know, we're looking for answers, and this game will give us some information. So interesting to see how Dallas comes out because they were very involved in terms of social media. We'll see if the elite right, Spartans can compete against the Arlington Impact, and whether their, uh, you know, off-season promotion is gonna, you know, equate to the field. Uh, Arlington's a very quiet bunch, and they've been improving mm-hmm. every year the last, what, three years. So we expect, obviously, nothing less than that in terms of the competition, and they've been doing really good. Um, so that's it. I mean, this is it. Week one, WFA, uh, womensfootballalliance.com. And then uh, you can watch it, uh, WFA Football, and go to the Women's Sports Network and search WFA Game of the Week. So this coming week, April 22nd, we get the Pittsburgh uh, Pittsburgh Passion taking on D.C. Divas and their new-look unis in D.C. And then we get the Nevada Storm, new-look Nevada Storm against Maya Blaze, who jumps into the pro division. Interested to see how that. The other clashes, Minnesota versus St. Louis. We got, uh, like I said, Arlington versus Dallas. You get uh, Detroit-Columbus. And then uh, Houston against Austin. So, Mark, it's going to be an intriguing week uh, in terms of the WFA uh, we'll see who stands out after you know week one in terms of the, the you know who gets the win, but I, I presume Pittsburgh and DC one of the games we we're going to be uh, keep an eye on. We're definitely going to be watching both of the WSN games. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I will be watching them. I'm lucky in a way as a Boston Renegades fan to uh, my team has a buy, so I can sort of really turn my eye on the other, on the competition, right. Um, uh, this mm-hmm. week and you know, watching that Pittsburgh DC game, I, I think is going to be uh, very enlightening um, to, to my team um, in the way they, they approach, you know, those teams uh, later on this season. The, the key here will be uh, offensively. I'm looking forward to see how the Pittsburgh offense, right. Uh, basically a really good offense last year, how it's constructed. We have questions 
DC will come out. We talked to Lois Cook. Mm -hmm. We had Amanda vocally on social media saying, hey, don't count us out yet. You have no idea what we're about. So this is week one, Amanda. Right? Time to. Yeah, that's right. Get it going, right? We're definitely. Yeah, we're definitely interested in seeing, you know, what the run game looks like, their short passing Mm -hmm. game, um, and, you know, how they're going to sort of, you know, um, uh, um, fit, you know, uh, I'm sorry, substitute the role, um, the the hole that's kind of left uh, by D. Scott. You know, she she could catch passes out of the backfield. She could line up as a wide Mm -hmm. receiver. Uh, she could rush between the tackles. I didn't really think that that's where she was best. But, um, you know, so we want to see what their running game looks like um, and certainly their passing game. Uh, Amanda can throw the ball very well, and uh, she needs reliable receivers. You know, uh, I think Lexi Cook is still on the – I'm sorry, Lexi Floor is still on the on the roster. So, mm-hmm. um in the last couple of years, you know, the last couple of years, she hasn't really um, had as many opportunities, I think, as as she really deserves because she's a fantastic uh, wide receiver. Yeah. So, you know, I hope, player, I hope to see a lot of Lexi Floor this year. Yeah, focus player that you're mentioning right there. It's just, it's just a, you know, it's a weapon, right? We haven't seen that yet, so hopefully they'll implement that. But Pittsburgh, looking forward to see how they're going to respond, right, especially with uh, their owner passing away mm-hmm. the season, mm-hmm. the spirited season for them. And then Nevada, we know what Coach Garza is all about, retooling and redoing, so we don't know what they're going to look like. Uh, they still have Mo Etchen at quarterback, right? Uh, Plummer's mm-hmm. gone. Uh, Felker's gone. And then uh, Ma High still has Smooth Lori Jones out there, So and they got a pretty good D. So uh, it's an interesting game. So April 22nd, don't miss it, Women's Football Alliance debut on Women's Sports Network, the two games of the week. So, um, I just I'm looking forward to see what Pittsburgh's all about, and then the other game, Denver and Malhai as well. So, Mark, uh, interesting podcast to say the least. Did not start uh, off uh, a lot of fumbles and penalties at the beginning of the 20 minutes. So, I do apologize to our audience for the mishap. Apologize to Shell Rubio for hanging in there for the interview, and and then uh, of course to you to hang in there until we got it all resolved. But uh, looking forward to this coming week, uh, week four in the WNFC, looking forward to week one in WFA Pro. We'll dive into D2 next week in terms of what that looks like in terms of the WFA D2 scene. But, uh, yeah, Mark, so I appreciate you uh, being patient as well and looking forward to the next the next, uh, next week's podcast. You're welcome, Oscar. Man. You did you did a good job kind of keeping it all together and maintaining your cool, you know. It was a very stressful situation. And uh, in the end, Finally got things working, and we're able to, to you know, do another podcast. Yeah, finishing it up. So uh, looking forward to it. So um, myself and Mark, uh, for the absent Mackenzie Brooks, Holly Custis, Terry Lister, uh, Nate Ward, uh, we're here. We're going to be uh, diving into uh, with our pop one, w- WSN, Pittsburgh, D.C., Nevada, Malahai, you can also catch the WNFC on White Score. Uh, go w, uh, WNFCfootball.com forward slash um, White Score, W Score. Why did I say White Score? W Score. Uh, w, WNFCfootball.com forward slash W Score. So thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and share. 
and looking forward to the next episode uh, as we talk week four. And looking forward to the- have a great night, everybody. Bye, Mark. Bye, Oscar. <laughs>